Internets, this episode of the Combat Jack Show is supported by Al Jazeera America. This Sunday, watch the true story of drug dealers, dirty cops, a government conspiracy, and the man at the center of it all. Part 2 of Freeway Crack in the System airs this Sunday, March 8th at 10 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss a special encore of Part 1 at 9 p.m. Only on Al Jazeera America. And now back to the show. Yo, what's up? This is Cool Keith, and you're listening to Loudspeakers Network Productions. Internets. This episode of the Combat Jack Show was brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and an incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, at the checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Yeah. Internet. Chit, chit. Yeah. Yeah, Internet. You are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the combatjackshow.com. What up, Premier What's going on, Combat? Man, we got Ben Hameen in the booth right now. What's up, Ben Hameen? Yo. You know what this means, Internet? You know we're going to be playing some records. We're going to play some records. And you also know what that means. That means that we got somebody in the studio that's worth DJ Ben Hameen being here to play these records. Yeah. We got it. We got this individual in the booth on the Combat Jack show has contributed so much to the golden age of hip hop mm. and then flipped it. You know what I'm saying? And expanded it in the altern- alternative world of hip hop. Yeah. And then, you know what I'm saying, was on one of the biggest records of all time. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even understand how one man can have so many... Listen, internets. Without further ado, we got Cool Keith on the Combat Jack Show. Welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Cool Keith. What's going on? How you feel, man? I feel good. I feel great. Yo, man, your man... Cool Keith is in here with this scarf that is so glorious right now. I buy all types of scarves. I'm a scarf collector of all types of material and fabric scarves with sparkles on them. Well, you know, that's when I... After my career in Los Angeles, I went into the scarves. Scarf just, business. It, just sort of, it was a point. Of, <laughs> it was a point of me hiding and on, on the stage and making my own little Maybach curtain or something. Okay, now what? You what, what, what I, I ain't mad at that. What, 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 what kind of scarf is that right there, man? Oh, uh, this is something. I guess uh, it's something with something. Sh- anything that shine was. You, you like, like the shiny yeah, scarves, shiny right? Scarves. That, that, that looks like the um, inside of uh, the, the, the placement of the china closet. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, like I was saying outside, little, man, little you kind of look you know. like Elijah Muhammad with this with the scarf. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so yeah. how you been, man? I've been all right. Yeah, you looking yeah. great, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what you heard. I about. ain't seen you in a minute. Yeah, I, the last time I seen you was in you know when New York was New York. Man. See you on a train one night. On a train, and yeah. man, we we was lit. And I was like, people ride the train, right? Yeah, most definitely. I was like, I couldn't believe we was on the A train with Cool Key. Yep. You know, this was years ago, man. He, Yo, what did he, combat look like back then when he was on the train? He was the same. It was he had a black coat on because you know everybody wears a black coat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you better watch out for anybody who wears a black coat in New York City, <laughs> especially back in that day. What are you talking about? I mean, you were wearing a black coat. 
Everybody had a black coat. You had a black coat on? What was inside the black coat? I don't, yo, listen. Okay. Let's get back to the show, man. Um, Keith, man, I don't know what you heard about the Combat Jack show, man. Um, what did you hear about this show? Uh, I, you know, you just go at just go at people. You do what you want. Like, you know, I heard um, even Eric was telling me one time, I heard they, yeah, I just go in. Yeah, just go in. Okay. Well, I, w- I want to give you a platform, man, to share to these internets, particularly these younger cats, man, your history. Like, just, just to really understand, you know, how you guys changed the game. You know, how ultra-magnetic. You grew up in the Bronx, right? Yeah. We grew up in the Bronx, up in the uh, South Bronx area. And um, Sad was up there, KRS, Boogie Down Productions. Um, that's how we came out. We Sad worked on Ultra and Boogie Down Productions. Now, now before that, though, you was a dancer. I was a dancer. You, you pulled that one you up. Was, a- you was, activity. Yeah, you was, you was, you was like doing the robot. I was a good, I was a good dancer, too. Now, you was, man. I saw some clips. Yeah. I, was, I saw this one clip. You was kind of like... Kind of had like the rerun, rerun type of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I was dancing way back. I was dancing way back. I was, a, I was a, definitely a dancer. You were doing what, the worm. Was that, was, I didn't do the worm. Was that really what you wanted to do, back. man? Was that really? No, nah, well, I used to dance with Shaq crew back then. Okay, we used to go against Fable and Wiggles. Right now, I saw this clip though where you was actually dancing in front of Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. What yeah, was I went to this, um, what? it was me, Mr. Wave, New York City Breakers. You know Michael Holman? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Took Mike- us out to Washington, D.C., and we had this big um, dance thing, and Ronald Reagan paid for us to come out there and everything. We took a flight to Washington. i never forget that. We danced for um, that after party, uh, that Reagan thing. Some It was some Reagan thing. They had a party, and... And uh, it was at the something at some center. For I forgot what it, what it the was. Lincoln's, for. Was it the Lincoln? Was it the, the Jefferson? Was, the, what was it? Was something. It, the big joint in in, in Washington. In, in Washington, where, where where all the performances are. Kennedy Center. Kennedy, Kennedy Center. center. Was yeah. it Kennedy yeah, Center? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, 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 Catherine. I, it was for a lady too. I forgot the lady's name. You might have to pull. I, I don't remember, but I just remember looking at the clip. I was like, "Oh shit, that's cool, kid." Yeah, I dancing was, in front of Ronald Reagan I, and, and Nancy Reagan. I, I don't know what I did. I was nervous as a motherfucker. Oh, work now. Were you recording at the same time, or were you ultra before? I was that? dancing all the time, right? And then um, when I met Sad, I just started going back into making records, right? Like, well, I know I was a secret rapper. At that time when I was dancing, I never exposed my lyrics out there. So you didn't, you were just like rapping quietly, practicing, yeah. thinking you was gonna be a rapper. Because back then there wasn't a lot of rappers, rappers that was nah, doing it. Nah, LL and all of them had records out and Houdini, Run DMC, and, and them. Run DMC. I ain't, I kept my mouth closed at that time. Then I was waiting to see what I was gonna do. Right. And then T. Rock and them came out. And all that stuff. Then we came out later. Right. Now, how did you come up with the concept, Ultra? Because from what I understand, initially you wanted to rap. And you were supposed to be a solo artist, right? Yeah. Well, I wanted to be a solo artist with uh, myself. But I had to do an album with Seth. Because Seth's brothers was good singers. Remember when Ready for the World and all of them was out? That was originally supposed to be their production, Mastermind production. But... At that time, so ready, ready for the world was down with Mastermind. No, no, they 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 had a, remember they had all the slow jam groups yes. out back then, like Force MDs, Force and, MDs, and um, all them slow, the Silk, and all of them. Yes, and what what they was called Troop, Troop, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they he had a group in his house, Mastermind Productions. They was doing slow jams, but at that time they wasn't signing slow jam artists back then so fast. So they had to go to me and said as a rap, right. 
group. To, I had to play the role of a rap group before we came out, which I wanted to be solo back then. But that was the key to them. The, the investment and the money of Ultra Magnetic was supposed to come out first. Then get his brother a deal. And but then, sad on sad, quote, Pat had passed away. Right. But that was says loyal brother and said, you know, we're going to sacrifice our singer career to get the rap thing. Because rap was hot. I mean, and, and it worked. Yeah, we had to come out first. We thought we was going to bring them back in. Right. How did y'all come up with the name, man? I had named the group Ultra Magnetic, highest form to attract, Ultra and Magnetic to attract. And I I just said, let's do something different. And then we had a conflict with Stetsasonic, which was our long name group rivalries. Stetsasonic, Ultra Magnetic. Yeah, people used to, yo, you down with Stetsamagnetic, right? Get out of here. Yeah, I see all these different type of different mess ups. Like, you down with Ultra Magic. You down with Ultramatic. <laughs> you with Stetsamagnetic. Yo, you from, you know, you Sonic Stet, right? You from Sonic Stet. There was a lot of, uh, did, it bother, <laughs> did it bother you at the time or no? I thought people was trying to be funny. Right. Like, they knew, but they was just trying to be, like, ignorant. Now, did you always have the name Cool Keith? Uh, yeah. I just kept it simple. You kept it simple. Yeah. And... So you guys are in the studio. You guys are doing records, and at the same time that y'all are in the production with with Mastermind Productions, there's a young group, the BDP, like 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 Boogie Down Productions. What's funny, like KRS wasn't even with BDP. He was with Celebrity Three. Now who was Celebrity Three, man? It was uh, KRS and um, Jerry D, Jerry Lewis, and some other rapping dude. I forgot. Were they, were they hot at the time? or They were pretty good. I right. mean, Celebrity 3 was good. A lot of people don't know that. They thought it was just Boogie Down Production. Yeah, yeah, it was Celebrity yeah. 3. But um, it was weird. But Sad was doing the beats and stuff, helping Scott with the SB12 and showing them stuff. But they just, Sad used to do all their beats, and then they put their little music on top. They right. sounds. That's so why he used was to hear them the records beats. sound like the drums from Ultra stuff be the same um, catalog of drums on their stuff. Now, we had uh, Molly Maul on the show. Yeah. And Molly Maul talks about how allegedly, did you ever hear the story that that said swiped his 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 drum kits? Well, what I heard was Trevor was more like the sticky hand thief. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> allegedly, we not we not But we not but, but uh but I think he I heard Molly left his um sounds up at a record label at a studio. At a, at a studio. At a record, it was either a record label. Was it was it was, it, it, was, it, was it, a power play or something? No, it was um it was power play. Yeah. yeah. It was power play. Yeah, in Queens, right? But but for Eagle Trip, and I bought all the drums from okay. everything we had. Like I bought the records to him personally, like like Woman to Woman, right. Funky, um, the Melvin Bliss. I borrowed the record from Steve Martin and Parkchester. That all the singles that we had, I bought the records. But a lot of the records we didn't use. Molly Snare was only the BDP Snare. Remember right. the the Bridges Over yes. Snare, and yes, the, yes, um, yes, yes. the Snare from um, the Bridge. Um, MC Shan's MC Shan, single yeah, 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 yeah. was all he all he had was that one Snare that he uses that a lot of people liked it. That tat, 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 tat. Yep. remember that we came here, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, that yep, same yep, Snare yep, he yep. used. Now when y'all but we was, didn't get a lot of his drums right. though. When y'all was coming up. Who were the cats that was out here doing it big time? That that y'all was like, that were inspiring you, man. Um, I mean, let me see. Well, it's funny. It was weird. Like Public Enemy came out the same time we came out, right. but it was weird. Like they had the sound and the machine behind them, but 
I was I saw Keith and Hank and they was like, yo, um, when we first met, when I first ran into them, they said, yo, we we loved y'all, we listened to y'all. But before we even met them, said had um, Tr was the king of getting everybody's album before it came out. Okay, and we was listening in the car one night, riding to Philly in a limo, and we was just hearing these records like. My Uzi weighs a ton, and all these records, and we was like, "This group sound like us." And we was yeah. like, "Like they got the sounds and the James Brown stuff, and and you know the the scratches and stuff." I was like, "Wow!" They it was like there was a blueprint of Ultra, but flipped, flipped. But then we didn't know what label they was coming out. Right. Then we heard later they was coming out on Def Jam, right. and it was like, and and then we found out like. We was like, damn, they had, they must have heard us or heard about us. But this happened to later when I really talked to them. They said, yo, we used to listen to y'all uh, at that, remember they had that radio station in Long Island and yes, stuff? Yes, WHBI. Said, yeah, I mean, not WHBI. W, it was a W, not a, yeah, not, something, a, yeah, some station. But the point was, when we was listening down the highway, we was kind of figuring like, damn, this is our competition right here. The only thing that really made them stand out more was they had the machine behind right. them. They had like Def Jam promotion which was, we was originally out first, but they beat us national with the promotion, and then they made more of convinced to the public and the history that they was the main group first. But we was originally first. But you know, I mean, I before think, them, I, I think when you when you locally really, when you huh? really listen to what was going on back then, man, it was it was definitely that competition in terms of that sound because y'all definitely. Like y'all was in every car, man. Y'all was yeah. like in every neighborhood. Y'all was y'all y'all was killing the radio here in New York. We didn't even need radio. Right. You wake up in the morning and see a Spanish dude walking down the street with a big radio out your window. MC Ultra walking up the you block know, three o'clock in the morning and another Jeep ride past, another station where another limo or whatever, a Regency eighty eight. Uh, 88. Oldsmobile ride by. Let's play a piece of that record, man. We, we played so, a little bit on the intro. We, we, we'll have to play this. Buick Regal. This is yeah, the first and, record and, that. This is the first record. I'm sorry, go ahead. What you was about to say? All that record be everywhere. But this is the first. I would walk through different projects and people just say MC Voltron. They, they, thought, mean, they, they even thought, know what it was saying. They thought you was MC Voltron, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd just be. And I, and, you know what's funny? I didn't even have any. I didn't even have. Any, we didn't have no video. So how did they know it was you? That's what I was tripping on. So this is but the, they seen covers. They would look at covers meant a lot back right, in the right. days. This is your first record that put you on the map. Yeah, the ego trip. Pictured, pick, pictured artwork. That's crazy. Party people's in the place to be. Just for you, it's the Archer Magnetic M. MC Voltron. <laughs> that's, that's what they thought it was saying. i 
Now, Keith, man, when you <laughs> first started this, yeah, um, I heard this interesting story about how you really developed, how you were trying to develop your style, and you wanted to make it real complicated. Like, talk about how you develop your style, man. Well, I was listening to every rapper, and I was like, we gotta come out with something different, like out of everything, we gotta come out with something different. But like, only group we was listening to was the Treasures Three, right? Because we didn't want to do the Yes, Yes, Y'all, and You Don't Stop. They was the first group rapping, really. Like, Modi, Special K, and Sunshine. Sunshine, yeah. They was using words. Like, you know. Modi was using them syncopated big words. Yeah, Modi and them was on the big words. And we was like, we don't want to just go to the bip, to the bop, to the, you know. So, Tila Rock came out. We came, like, we was a big fan of that. I mean, everybody was using the big words. Right. Like when, you know, T. LaRock was coming out. Uh, LL was using a lot of big words. Yeah, he was using the circulatory, avatory, you know, adversary, missionary, whatever word was sounding so gigantically 17 feet long, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they was using. Right. So uh, who else was in the big word? Mantronic, whatever, Mantronic, Mantronic stuff, was uh, into big words, yeah. You know, or his artists, what he had, you know, it was just only a few and we was like, let's get on that wave. And T. Lavac and who else was? It? I mean, Just Ice came with a little bit of it. Um, Just Ice was a savage. He, yeah, he he he, he, didn't, he couldn't finesse those big words like y'all was, man. Yeah, but Just Ice was always cool though. He was like my best friend. I mean, it was like Just Ice had one kind of when he did that dent. Dun, dun, dun. What was that? Um, Cold get dumb. Cold that get was dumb. yes, yeah. Mantronics produced that. Yeah, Cold right, get right, dumb right, right. was like that. Was uh, that that when that came out? It was it was that was crazy. But but talk about how you, you your your style though. You was gonna use big words, but we said we are gonna use the big words and make them fit without rhyming. Right. Like our thing was not to make them go together. Like like everybody else had to make the words. You know, and pronunciation, aviation, coordination. We was just. We would say whatever we go into the store, you know, elevation, sequence, power, format, condensed system. <laughs> Nothing went together. We was yo, like, we're going to make this yo, ride together. Yo, did you together. ever catch that bit, I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it didn't, it it didn't, didn't make sense, <laughs> yeah. but the but flow we, was there. Yeah, like so. we was like, we're going to trick everybody. We was like, people getting high, but we're going to make this stuff <laughs> sound like it's good. <laughs> but people, it went by their ears. They was like, "This shit is not because it fit." Because the beats were so big. Yeah, that was the job I had to do: was fit the big words on and, top of the beats. And your voice was perfect, man. Hell yeah, yeah. and make, you had the craziest voice. Now, like I never had the nobody never like Rakim had got duplicated, and a couple people had got their voice intimidated. You know, there was more duplicated. Right. Me, I never had my voice. I think me and Shan never got. Yeah. Now, duplicated. Now, 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 tell me what was the dynamic, the rap di- the dynamic between you and Said, because as a fan, I'm going to tell well, you. I was in charge of the lyric department. Okay. Said was in charge of beats, and Trav was in charge of beats, and Mo, we had three beat makers and one person in charge of the lyric department. And, and that I was you. To be- <laughs> no shots, but I, yo, I could not stand Said's flow. I had to write a lot of Said stuff, but- right. 
then Ted started writing on the second and third albums on his own. But I the, he got the, better on, on Critical Beatdown. I did a lot, but it was enough to make the album go over and get be a classic because I had to touch up what he was writing and make sure things fit. I was make I make sure said so do you was writing over. for him. Like I'll write certain bars right. and he'll piece up the rest because he was working hard doing beats. Yes, so I had to make said not have two jobs. Right. But he was definitely doing beats. Because he sounds awkward. Yeah. On, especially yeah. on the... Using privilege isn't that... He's like he, forcing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah. flowing with you, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But Sad, you, you had to understand... Sad got too. good now, though. He got... His pronunciation got clearer right. back then. But it was like funny that... You know what it was? The, the beats were so good. They let they let Sag just get by, though. Now, you didn't know if this was going to... This was like a gamble. It like just gamble. putting all these words together. Yeah. And 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 you could have definitely failed. Of course, I wouldn't have been sitting here today. <laughs> but like you said, that was a that was a gamble, one time shot. And what 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 do you think? I had a roll of dice. What do you think picked up the record? Was it was it radio? Was it Red Alert? Who made uh, the record hot so that it was? Well, we was you know originally five hundred vinyls was signed with DNA. Like we was with DNA. For remember DNA. DNA with Hank Love. Yes, 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 yes. It was, DNA was the first that had 500 copies of Diamond International was signed with Eagle Tripping, but Red Alert took us to the next plateau to, to start pressing up a, a bigger amount. Right. We got we had to step off from DNA with the 500 vinyls. Right, 500. But that was hot on the street. Yeah. Eagle Tripping was hot before it got to the next plateau. That's why Eddie O'Loughlin signed it, you know, that's when the record picked up more. And is that why you guys had, it seemed like until the record, the album came out, you the guys had sing- like seven singles. You guys had singles, singles on different labels. Yeah, we couldn't get no record album out for nothing. Like, we <laughs> did about 10 singles. And y'all were trying to get a, a record deal. Trying to get a record deal. We was turned down a lot, though. Like, these kids have no idea of the record closing doors. We, me and Sad walked to, that's when you could walk, remember the days you could walk into Freddie Bastone's yes. office and Spring Records, Richard Wyman. These people, dissed us and Richard Wyman told us I don't hear it I don't hear it <laughs> I mean, you guys can come, why don't you guys come back and um, you know bring me some other stuff you got anything else you know those guys used to feel good back in the days dissing many artists right those guys downtown from yes. Broadway all right. the way from what 59th like Street so, all like the way to 4th and Broadway yeah they used to be they had a good time dissing many rappers that's why <laughs> I know they feel bad to this day that they out of business <laughs> and they're not you know those companies are closed right yeah all they, of them labels they, is closed they, they felt they did a lot of disrespectful things to people of course of course the music industry not saying that the music industry is a lot better now Brian Chen remember all the Brian Chen, people yes 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 yeah, yes, they was yes. dissing people hard now let me ask you something on ego tripping man why y'all going at, at Run DMC man well in ego tripping I, I matter of fact I saw DMC he was like yo um I thought he said I love that record. Even me and me and Run, we like we was like this record was fun. We didn't really go at Run DMC bad. We was just like we was using them as like we're gonna do the record as not as a strong disc. We was just saying we was like we wanted to go at the Run DMC for the tiny the back and forth thing. Right. Like we was just saying not Run DMC was Run DMC was more like back and forth rhyming. And but we was going to say we was going to nursery style. But the nursery rhyme. style. So right. we was going to say we introducing the big words. That's all we use Run DMC, not for a hard diss. I mean, I love the Run DMC 
all my life when together forever, tougher than leather. Um, you know, Run's house and all that stuff. I mean, they like, were the kings of I rap. Just, I just used them as like for that rap. Like we thought Run DMC be a good plateau uh, to 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 start the big word thing, right? With, you know, like but, a good experiment. But we never went back at Run DMC after that. Like, they never fired back at y'all, did yeah. they? Nah, well, we was always like we was fans of Run DMC, so we never we we just did it in a, in a it was more in a, a humorous a jab, way, like a little like jab, a humorous way. Like it wasn't like serious. I mean, Russell Simmons to this day, you know, I don't think he's mad about that. You know, I seen Russell. He it was a part of hip hop, right. so it was like it wasn't like a total big diss to them. You know, I liked the Run DMC with the leather jackets and the hats and the you know and the style they had, but that style was like. Every mind what Run DMC did was take what Mean Gene and and them did commercial. Mean Gene and them wore the, the Dobbs and the Stetson right. hats with the feathers. Yes, but they took it. That was a up, that was a up that was more of that was, uptown. That, that, that was um, Mean Gene. The L brothers wore yes. the the Dobbs. They wore the um the fedoras. hats the fedoras. That was theater on them and 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 the, 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 the coats. Yeah. yeah, they they was the first ones. That that mean gene how you see Jam Master J and them look that they took the fedora style and the pea coats and took it to Queens. They ran with but them. but but they took it international. Right. But, but that was Ecstasy Garage. Right. Right there. But even go even going back then going back at Run DMC, mm-hmm. that was like when hip hop was more like competitive as a sport, like where it was like, look, you know, we, we're gonna make this track. But it wasn't like it, it was more more competitive, you know. These days, I think it's too, people are too emotional. Yeah, you know? what, what Run DMC he was good at was they took um, an image that was so simple and made it big. Like they they could wear it every day. Yes. Like you they could dress wear, like you could, us. Wear, you could wear a fedora and some right. leather pants and some black Adidas, and right. that was the uniform. A black hat was an image, and they killed rock bands all across. Like even rock bands had big bands, and they just came out with two leather blazers all the time, and they was killing people. Well, I'm let's talking about killing, talking about killing people. Y'all came out with ego tripping, right? Yes, the record was hot. It was undeniable. But motherfuckers was like, who's these ultramagnetic cats? These guys have a different sounding name. These guys, you know, different rhyme patterns. And then y'all come out with this. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Yo, what's up, Kuki? Hey, he's killing them with this. What? That's when he was coming back to back. I bought said this record. It's Joe Cocker, right? Yeah. yeah. He passed away, I heard. That's when you knew it was over, right? <laughs> yeah, that was on the radio hot. What? Yeah. Come on, man. That was that Benzie box, man. Yeah. That was that JVC. Right. I bought a band. <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. Bring it back memories, right? Command. My voice stays on no soprano. You know that catchy groove, right? <laughs> 
That was wow. I'm like a game, everyone plays me regular. Extended to the bonus. For some of you, I think you should have noticed it was funky. Word, man, that was funky. Yo, is that bringing back memories I, right I, there? I bought this record set one morning. I found it in the house, and I was looking. And, you know, my father had a bunch of 45s, and I just was stacking through. It was all dirty and dusty, and I found that. I said, Seth, let's just do this record, loop this. I brought it up to his house, that Joe Cocker woman-to-woman record. And I brought it up there one morning. I said, we need another record now, a second single. And that record was like a hot record, like that piano, come on. Latin Quarters, that record was the biggest record. Well... When that record come on, that was a big record. That was the record that got a lot of motherfuckers killed. That was a Tuck Your Chain record. record. Yeah, when they when they played that at the Latin Quarters, and them Brooklyn niggas was in there. Yeah, they they go crazy on that record. Yo, that was when you was like, yo, let me tuck my my shit in. The homeless. Like you wanted to hear that record, but you didn't want to hear that record. To the bushes. You start people start going to get their coats. Yeah, you couldn't be by yourself. You had to be by your crew, or by somebody that was security or something, man. Like when that record hit, man, did you know that one was gonna be a hit? I, I didn't know that one was gonna jump off. I mean, stop playing, man. Yeah, even to this day, <laughs> that record is uh, is has a classical sound to it. The way it was made is like uh, Red Alert like likes it. You know, even Flex loves that record. A lot of people love that record for some reason. Like, I didn't know that record would stick out so much like that. But 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 this one was the one that was like okay, at least to us as fans, it was like. Y'all are not one-hit wonders. Y'all really got that heat. And y'all had other singles, but that one right there was un- an undeniable. Maybe, I don't even want to say top 100, top 50 hip-hop records of all time. Yeah, that one right there was like this, you know, the way that I came in, the lyrics, I bought a band. It was just, they, they, everybody trips out. Even Red Alert, he trips out on that verse. Everybody trips out. And, like, he just told, like, a story. It was no lyrical like we we wasn't trying to be lyrical or nothing either on that record. We right. were just trying to have some fun. Right. And Those beats were so hard, man. Like you I, you know, that, right? yeah. I mean, look, you said some things that were, but the beats were so hard, man. And and once again, man, once again, this is what I loved about Ultra Magnetic. The beats were so chunky, mm. and then your voice is so like it's, it's so high pitch. High pitch. It's like crazy, man. Like, did did y'all bring this record directly to to Red Alert, or did he snatch it and and start playing? I it? gave Red that record. Um, I gave Chuck Chill out that record. Right. I, I delivered that record straight to Marley Mars' house. It was weird. Like, I bought those records straight to everybody. Like before, like we didn't have no you know viral. We didn't have no internet to blast out a song. I had to go by hand and deliver them messages like a new like a messenger. Like but the said, good thing was, was like you, I remember I took. Took the record to Marley's house one day. I took it to him. He was in the working with Coogee Rap or something in the kitchen on a track. Like I go there and take the record. He's in the, like Marley Mars doing the, got his studio set up in the kitchen, and somebody doing vocals just in the living room. <laughs> that, that was real recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said had his set up in the house, and everybody had their closet booths and stuff. Did y'all record this in in a, in a home studio? We did this um, at twelve twelve with Paul C. Paul C. Did he engineer yeah, this record? And Paul, and before Paul got killed, right? He did this record with him. Wow. No, we. You know, matter of fact, we mixed this at Chung King. Chung King. Yeah, but we thought we was gonna get the sound. We we was amazed. We was like, oh, everybody go there from Def Jam. Let's run over there. You know, back then they had INS, yes. Chung King. Um, what else they had? Um, Power Play. Power Play. 
You know, that's where everybody used to get robbed at. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so it's like, let's the, not go there. All the fat boys got robbed over there. Like, that was the robbery studio. Right. So Chung King was in Green Street. That's Green Street Studios. That's where you had the big money. Yeah. You know, $200 an hour. That's where Eric Saddler and the yeah, Bomb Squad was. Well, oh, yeah. So when this record came out, man, like, when did you realize, like, yo, we got we on a roll right now? We still didn't make it out of New York City yet. And this record right here took us to Philadelphia and Jersey and Connecticut, upstate Boston. And that was it. We wasn't going. We was, that's when we were managed by Def Jam. Right. Y'all was signed to Rush? Yeah, we was doing Rush management. Russell and Leo used to come up to Polygram to try to talk better situations for us. And, you know, we was with Andre for a minute. Andre well, yeah, Harrell. But hold um, up. I uptown. Want, yeah, like, but hold up. This is the record that got y'all the deal, right? No, Ultra got us the deal. Okay. Ego Trippin' got us Ego, the deal. Ego got y'all the deal. Yeah. And y'all was signed to Polygram. We signed to Polygram. No, these we signed to Next Plateau. Next Plateau, these. right. Polygram was that second round The album. second album. Uh, so, funk Your Head Up. So Critical Beatdown came yeah. out on... Next Plateau. Next Plateau. Y'all did a video, though. Like, how did y'all end up... Traveling doing, to Speed of Thought. That how was the only you, video we did. But how... Wasn't that through Uptown? Like, what were y'all doing with that Uptown? That was... Um, we was just managed by Uptown okay, for art and direction and dressing and wardrobe and style. And, you know, Andre was like, you know, y'all should look sharp. Let's go get the Gucci. Let's go get the Gucci stuff from Dapper Dan. Let's go get made up. Because he said, you guys can't come out with a good album like this with some hoodies and sweaters on. So Ultra Cover, originally the critical beatdown was like, it had all the rappers on the floor dead. If you what? see the critical beatdown, it had... Not y'all, other rappers. Other rappers like, dressed up as who they are. Like, like who, who'd you have on the cover? Like uh, Every rapper that was out was so on the had, floor. So you had like L on the floor? You see Kane goes on the floor. You, you, had, you had Kane on the... Was Kane out at the time? You see some suits on the floor. You see... <laughs> some you know, pocket squares. We didn't do it like a name. We put the but Yeah, the, 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 the visualizations. What they call it, the... Uh, subliminals? Subliminals. Um, we had everybody on the floor. Laying under our feet, like <laughs> their hands sticking out. But if you move the beat down, you know, Jeanette Beckman took the pictures. If you see the real pictures, it was like they was on the floor. That was the name, Critical Beatdown. The right. album was Defeat the Competition. We had the, you know, we had all that on the floor, everybody on the floor in the rocks. But we didn't have the, what they say, the names have been withheld to protect the innocent. Right. We didn't have the names of the people. We just had lookalike of lookalikes of different. So, so what, what changed? The, what changed the concept? Uh, we, we that album. It was just the critical beatdown was going over that. Right. You didn't see it, so it just kept. They might saw a hand or a sneaker sticking out or something. That was that. So was it Andre that that convinced y'all to go to Dapper Dan? Yeah, Andre said, you know, let's get the suits cleaned up and. You know, we liked the, the outfits. You know, we was the second. You know, Eric B and Rock Kim yes. had theirs. They was wearing uh, the MCM. I think no, they had uh, we had polo. Troop, they they yeah, had troop. what they they was troop, wearing Dapper Dan too. But I think they had on uh, what was their name? It was Polo MCM MCM. So was it Louis at the time? And too? Gucci. Gucci. I think Dapper Dan. I think Eric B and Rock Kim wore Gucci. They had the Gucci's, and we had uh, polo. You had the polo. polos all like, over. So, so your polo shit, and leather. So your and shit, the, the the red and black outfits you had on. Yeah, 
which was crazy. Yeah, that was that was a, that was. A, and I had the hat to match with, but I put a Budweiser hat on. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Yo, yo, Keith, you crazy? I took man. the hat away, and I don't know. I threw the hat in the garbage and put a Budweiser hat. Budweiser give you a check for that? Nah, <laughs> oh, come on, man. I, I know. But you know the the good thing about this though is that for the albums that was coming out at the time, and you had a lot of good albums. Critical Beatdown is a classic, man. Yeah. Well, think about it. Remember that dude used to be on 42nd Street? Um, that big dude used to sell those records. Um, Stanley. Stanley used to be on Broadway. Nah, I don't remember. And all them 12 inches would be all hanging up. D- by, by, by Tower? or yeah, Over there in that square, by Times Square. Okay. That big 12-inch store. Nah, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. You know, so all, all, all those records had to be hung up to be attracted to somebody to buy them. Right. So the covers used to look good, you know. Them covers had to be attractive because we didn't have no internet and stuff like that to sell no records. So people had to go in the store and look at the record and be like, oh, I like that shit. The cover looked good. I'm going to get that anyway. My biggest disappointment. But you know what was good was the the covers looked good, but the music inside was good. Nowadays, you have the cover look good, good. but the music right, is right, bullshit. Right, right, right. <laughs> My biggest disappointment with, with Critical Beatdown is, 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 is Ego Trippin' was on there. But well, why, well, why wasn't funky, half a, uh, why wasn't I know funky, funky was why on was there. funky not on the on the album B? I know that was that was funny too. They pulled, it didn't make it because I don't think said had the the mix back then. He lost the come on he man lost the, the the dats or something. I don't like you said that was people was mad and then they had to get it on a B side or something. Yeah 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 because because well, you know when you, Papa Lodge was on um that was on the. Four, not the Four Horsemen album, but Funky Head Up. They couldn't, get, head up. They couldn't get Papa Lodge on on the album, album. That, which is crazy, cause um, well, you had to do some marketing gimmicks also, right? To um, make buy the records. Let me ask you though, man. Um, when when this record came out, right? This is yeah. it's a hot record. People are loving it. Yeah. And then y'all break up. Well, Ultramagnetic breaks up, right? We break up. Why? After it's critical beatdown. Right? Yes, why? But we get back together. But why did y'all break up? Well, we was mad at, uh, we was trying to get away from Eddie. Okay. Eddie. We was trying to get away from Eddie O'Loughlin, O'Loughlin next, right. low pla- next Plateau. Because, you know, we've seen a lot of stuff when um, Lior was going up to the meetings and stuff. He was like, well, you know, the guys got hit records, you know, why they can't get rotation. You know, you're throwing salt and pepper on rotation and stuff like that. But he was like, Basically telling Lior in a different way that well, Ultra don't need a lot of radio. I ain't, I don't gotta use a lot of money and resources to get them hot. They was hot in the street anyway, so I'm gonna save that money and put that into Salt and Pepper. What? Which they needed more uh, promotion, promotion and because those records had to go through radio, push it and all that, and the stuff they had, which they were a good group, but they stuff had to go through radio. With more push and pop, they had to push it in because they yeah. th- those weren't they wasn't street natural driven. records like y'all was. Yeah, they wasn't driven strongly on the street. And then you know, I, I finally got the news from Uptown Jimmy Jenkins and stuff. They were saying that Eddie don't really want to push y'all because he feels that y'all was strong in the streets. But I, I saw Eddie one day and he, I saw him lately. I had saw him late one time, real late in in, in time after that album. Years later, he's like. I, I didn't know what I had. I, I should have pushed you guys because I had you guys. I mean, you guys were big. And I, I don't know. I, I You know, I put all my things and 
one basket. I was so much. I made a big mistake. <laughs> I was into salt and pepper so much. But that record would have been so salt and pepper. big Burr. nationally, yeah. man. He was like, he was like, I should have got behind you guys, and it's a terrible mistake I made. Like, and he went on to house music after right. he felt that he did that he, big mistake. Yeah, he, he, he had to move. Yeah, but but y'all didn't have beef with each other, did mm. y'all? He, so he liked me. He was. He was always no, I'm saying, I'm saying within the ultramagnetic group. No, nah, we didn't have beef. Um, it was, a, it was a tactic. It was a tactic to get out of there, and I wanted to do a solo album. Right, and I wanted to do a solo album with um anybody, but I was like, it was like he was like, you should stay with Sed, and you know we'll make something happen. And plus, we, I had me and Sed had renegotiated our contracts over there too, because the publishing stuff was unequal, and we went in and got made them renegotiate to me and him got 50 50 and and that's one thing we did with next plateau was take care of our business early to this day for us to receive checks and stuff which was because your deal must have been fucked before it was whack it was whack and we fixed that right away and that's when i i made the move to fix it okay because the way eddie had it he had said getting everything and i'm writing i'm getting nothing and i I pulled this i'm going solo and They hurried up and fixed that deal did so that, fast. Did, did that create tension with you on set? Not really, because they needed me, because I was a real, like you said, I was a real energy circuit in that, that whole organization, that group. They couldn't let me leave, and they fixed that right away. Janine fixed it. Eddie's like, okay, we're going to renegotiate and fix this thing right away and get this, and, and it got fixed. Yeah. How was Leo as, as at the time? Uh, Leo spoke very highly of us. He went in for us fighting. He fought for y'all, right? And Polygram, and he was pulling people's cards in the right way. He was telling them, you know, this is what y'all should be doing. Uh, you know, it's no such thing if y'all can't get added on radio. Ease Back was added on rotation. Mm. That was on BLS every right. morning. Right. So Leo made that happen. Uh well, no, that was when we was with Uptown. Jimmy okay. Jenkins made that happen. Jimmy Jenkins. But we went over to, uh, we was. We was at Rush at Polygram with Ego with the, Trip. With, the, with, the, with, 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 with Critical Beatdown, we was with Uptown. Right. With um, the second album, Funk Your Head Up, we was with Rush. Was Puffy around at the time? Puffy? Yeah. Puffy was around, uh, yes, he was around at Uptown. No, Puffy was, yeah, Puffy was around at um, at Uptown, but... I was supposed to work with Puffy a lot of times, but I never could get with him because he was supposed to, when Craig Mack, and um, that's when I was going solo too, right. when Craig Mack and Biggie came out, Puffy told me, he said, Keith, when you get to L.A., I, I remember when Puffy had a Volkswagen Rabbit in New yep. York, Puffy said, uh, I'm starting something new soon, Keith. I mean, when you make a move, I want you to come with me soon it was i got some good things happening i want you to call me and then i moved to la that's when um craig mack came out wow. flavor in your ear so he wanted me to do an album he puffy matter of fact wanted to buy me out of columbia my contract but right. they were so they were, sony was so scared to let me go because they figured i had some way to some place i was going that was supposed to be an album puffy had a plan of so me you would have been rhymes you would have been bad album. boy yeah, it was it was signing. He wanted the Black Elvis album. I right. went to Skip Sale and we met with Puffy. Puffy, I was managed by Jeremy Lorna. We talked on the phone. You know, he always wanted to do some futuristic things with me, but it was just that the labels was hating the the release the contracts. But, but when you think about it, though, man, you could have been 
you would you would like to pre Craig Mack, man. Well, he didn't have no like he didn't want me to be Biggie. Right. He had like alternative ideas. Right. He, he knew my capabilities of selling to the rock audience and the alternative world. He had big ideas. He was like, maybe me and maybe you and Busta Rhymes and somebody else gonna do an album together. Like he was trying to Yo. figure out a group right. that's gonna go into that market of that other world. You Busta Rhymes and Poobah or somebody. <laughs> it was like, a, but it was the plan that he had was more like it was more rock orientated. Right, 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 like right, right, I don't, right. I, he because he Puffy was pretty open minded. I think he had more like bad boy rock. Uh, you know, something like that in his mind, like yeah. Bad Boy Rock Division, yeah. Bad Boy Hip Hop. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like popping bottles. Right, though. Right, right, it was right. something else. Like he had. Like, That's crazy. You know, you know. So, and to this day, you know, me and him was real cool. He was catching me on when we I was on the road. He called me. I, you know, I spoke to him here and there, but I couldn't catch up with him. Right. He couldn't catch up with me. Our timing was really bad. Too. Both of y'all was super busy. Yeah, I was traveling doing Black Elvis tours yeah. when he was trying to hook up and stuff. But I did meet him in Skip Sailor in L.A. But we never could get the Sony played hardball trying to release the contract because he wanted to get me out of the Black Elvis thing because they held Sony held that album up for years. Right. Okay. We, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. But, but this after Critical Beatdown. Right after critical beatdown, y'all do this record. After y'all do this record right here. Oh yeah, chip. Chorus line, right? Yeah. Yo, what's up, y'all? We in the Ultra Lab, man. We got this beat rolling, man. We might just start this chorus line. Y'all with that? Yeah. Yo, so how we gonna do this? Yo, matter of fact, you know how we gonna do it? Yo, Tim Dog, you lead it off, all right? That exposed this guy. Take it, my brother. Aw, shit. Call me the hick, the fit, the lick, the dick, the spick, cause I'm too quick. I'll be appraised and raised with the brain. I'm the headmaster and you're my slave. Metaphor master, rhymes all the disaster, half the class, the faster, call me the master. You wanna check, project with a simile, but I'm so large, I'll bone your girl, Emily. You wanna be taught? I wanna hear Keith's part, man. Uphold, refold, in tow, cause I got soul. Many dollars, scholars, hollers. Talk, but I walk away. Cause dog don't lay. Rap wanna play? Go ride a sleigh. I'm compared to death. You say where? I'm Fuck a 16 bar. Right. <laughs> Tim was cool. Hot damn, I'm great. I'm on a chorus line. It's a chorus line. It's a chorus line. It's a chorus line. Yo, trap. Yeah. Yeah, boy, it's a chorus line. Hey, yo, keep yo. You know what? It's your rhyme. I'm taking up with the rhymes. Brain tanks need fuel. Sunoco. Diesel rhymes are locked in. <laughs> Combustion attitude. Gratitude. Increasing altitude. Levels. I always have big words. <laughs> it's very rude when you step on my path. I laugh and giggle, smile and grin. My friend, my style is thin. Holds the rights to win your brain. I've been like a pound of steel. Lethal power. To me, your weasel power. I'm overloaded with tons of diesel power. Contraction. You're not ready for action. To 
200 rappers a day, I keep waxing, buffing, cleaning, polishing every act up. You want to battle with me? You must be cracked up. Stop the jokes, the games, the plan. You never will stand a pan. One bit of attention to me, my rhymes, my clothes, my hat, my shoes, my shirt, my tie. The glasses on my eye. I try not to cry. Cause the whack is ever, never better. What is like the 22? Yeah, snow, man. Whether or not you try to Yo. a dream or beam of light. Yo. But my lights are bright, but my lights are bright. How did y'all find um Tim Dog, man? Tim was uh Tim used to stay with Sad. He was working for Metro North and he was <laughs> coming up there, Miss Miller. I used to go up to Sad's house a lot and right. go to the store for his moms and stuff and they'd be up there. Tim was like a border up there kinda, but Tim was staying with Sad and, you know, they left weights together up there and <laughs> every time girls would come over, they all pull out their weights and put um <laughs> grease all over their bodies. Like weight lifting battlers and they stayed together. Right. Tim worked for Metro North and he was just stayed there and Tim was like I kinda vouched for Tim to get on because Tim was a rapper and Tim loved Big Daddy Kane, but Tim won the battle Big Daddy Kane so he bad. Got, he got like, Big Daddy Kane style. He won the battle his. Kane like he he wanted to take Kane style, but show him that I got this better than you, and that's what I kind of I kind of I kind of <laughs> bugged out. He wanted the battle Kane so bad. Did you used to be like yo 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 Tim? But, but, fall uh, but back. Yeah, but I was like. Then he went, that's when Tim made the daring move. Like, a lot of people thought I had something to do with him when he made Fuck Compton. Right. Tim came out with Fuck Compton. I said that was the most daredevilest move ever, which I was like, I said, you dissing Compton? I said, I'm not a part of that, really. I said, you on your own. You know, he's like, yeah, Rough House want me to diss Fuck Compton. So I was like, uh. So that was a Rough House idea? Nah, he was like, I'm going to give it to Rough House. Like, they loved it. But you know, he was like, "Y'all support me with it." I said, "I said, I ain't." I said, I "See, I, I never really support rappers dissing other artists if it wasn't clever. I, right. That's one thing that's never been in my history of dissing artists. But when he did it, I was like, "You on your own with that?" And, but it jumped off for him. Yo, first of all, play that it, it record a little bit. It, it fuck Compton jumped off, and I was like, "I said, you know, I, I said I have nothing to do with that one." The so beat was so nasty. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I hated him for this record. <laughs> I, was, I, was I, a, I, was, I was in Houston, yeah. so yeah, I was like, fuck, fuck you, who, who the fuck is this one? Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> oh, shit. Motherfucker, step to the ring chair. Cause Tim Dog is here. Let's get right down to the nitty gritty and talk about a bullshit city. Talking about niggas from Compton. It, it was hard, though. Compton, they truly ain't stomping. <laughs> Tim Dog, a black man's task. I'm so bad, I wear <laughs> Superman's ass. That was wild. I'll diss his free ass like a roach. You think you're cool with your curls and your shades. I roll thick and you'll be yelling out rage. A hard brother that lives in New York. We're suckers are hard and we don't have to talk. Shut Shit. your mouth before we come out stomping. Hey, yo, easy. Fuck Compton. Fuck Compton. Yo, I said, "Wow!" When you he know did what? that, I was like, "Wow!" But Tim was going in daredevil mode back then. <laughs> it was daredevil mode because he was just like because you didn't fuck with Compton, you didn't fuck with with them West yeah. side cats like that. Them cats moved completely. Them cats came from gun country. Yeah, yeah. How was he trying to diss Big Daddy though when he's like 
a student of them. Yeah, it was just that was the power. That was how these people were back then. They can beat you at your own style. And that's how he he, he psyched felt, out. He, he was. psyched out. He psyched out like I'm gonna meet Kane one day and I'm gonna battle Kane. But, but Keith, <laughs> as 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 huh? the top lyricist in that group, right? Yeah. And you dealing with cats that's not necessarily the top lyricist. Why? Why? Why their mind frame is like that? Did Did you Did you ever be? Was you Did you ever keep it real? Like yo, Tim, these beats right here is making you so hot. But fam, don't get it twisted. But you know what's funny? I think he was so charged on our beats that he felt he felt he felt that power coming up his body or something. Like he felt it in his body. Like these beats are making me so hard, I can take Kane at night. Like the steroids in them beats. Was in his body, like I can take Kane tonight, like, and that Where was his, that was his goal. Right, and, and I, I, I heard, you know, I, I gave him credit for the confidence. Yet that's one thing he had the confidence, and he did have confidence. Like he would literally say, "I'm gonna go to a club and meet Kane, and I'm gonna let him know I'm gonna battle this man with his own <laughs> yeah. shit." Yo, there's two records I think in the history of hip hop where you have rappers that are not really good but they're classic albums and the first album that comes to mind is group home mm-hmm. we're premiere mm-hmm. i think that's mm-hmm. the worst oh, yeah. combination the best dap, combination like... of non good rappers and amazing beats and mm-hmm. then it's, it's mm-hmm. the, the tim dog album <laughs> from beginning to end mm-hmm. the beats is so tr- it's a classic album yeah that the, the 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 beats that Trevor and said filled him when he on when on that album on straight out of, what is his album called um for Compton the was, album oh oh pen, uh, pen, uh, 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 um penicillin penicillin on wax penicillin on wax yeah yeah that's a good album I, I want to find me a copy but you can't find no copy it's hard I think Tim had the the greatest production on that album that made him a, that made it a solid album. Like they gave him some good beats. Like, did you feel a kind of way though? Because those beats on uh, we didn't ultra, get those beats. Yo, were you mad about Tim, that shit? They gave Tim a better grade of beats on his album. I know. I like, and I was like, why y'all ain't make that for us? Right. But it was like he came way after Critical Beatdown. I think that's when Trev was at his apex. Right. And, and they were said was. They just gave him, he had the top beats at that time for his album, and they gave him some hot stuff. And Damn. I was like, man. If that would have been I, on I the second Ultra, Ultra Magnetic, y'all motherfuckers yeah. would have been sealed. I don't know where history. they had got that spark from when they did that album on Columbia. They they had definitely had a spark when, you know, Kurt Woodley signed them to that deal. It's like they charged up and made some good beats on that album for him. The beats was incredible. Crazy. Like you know, w- w- was the one he had. He had a lot of them on there, like um, Bronx nigga, Bronx, and, uh, all those. I was the like, in the penal, yeah, yeah, all step those tracks. Yeah, step, step to, step to me. me, yeah, they gave, <laughs> step to me. That's one thing they gave him. They gave him. They gave him a lot of heat with right. a good album and made him lyrically become better good, good than what record. he actually yeah. was. Yeah, they, the they knew he needed that, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Internets. This episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Al Jazeera America. The Sunday, don't miss the true story of drug dealers, dirty cops, a government conspiracy, and a man at the center of it all, Freeway, 
cracking the system is the incredible tale of the rise, fall, and redemption of Freeway Rick Ross, the man considered responsible for ushering crack cocaine into Los Angeles and ultimately across the United States. The special two-part event exposes how the intersection of new drug laws, the Iran-Contra scandal, and the rise of gangs like the Crips and Bloods in the 1980s helped fuel the rapid spread of crack cocaine into black and Latino neighborhoods around the nation and led to the incarceration of millions of Americans of color. Part 2 airs this Sunday, March 8th at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Missed Part 1 last week? Catch a special encore airing at 9 p.m. right before Part 2. Check your local listings or visit aljazeera.com to find Al Jazeera America on your cable or satellite system. And now back to the show. Let me ask you though, man, did you ever have any beef or any problems going out west? Nah, because I, I didn't, I was never a part of that. You know, it's like when an artist beefs with somebody, the beefs is really from the artist. I don't, I don't see the cross collateral collateralness. I wasn't involved in that. Right, so, right. but but you I, know how I, niggas are though, man. I, yeah, they they but if they 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 go that cool. Key. Oh yeah, yeah. But I I seen I seen everybody in L.A. They didn't say nothing to me about it because they knew him. That's his aura. But people. Mm-hmm know your aura from the past they don't include you in with that buffoonery because i didn't do uh, my whole past they seen what i was doing yeah. they said this dude rapped about his own way his he was own on your life. own way yeah but did cat step to tim i don't know tim went on those tours by himself <laughs> but he had a, but but he had a a thorough crew with him he had right. took the whole webster projects with him wow. on the road so and stuff was... like that but i was like good luck to tim but <laughs> But um, I was like, I didn't go on none of that stuff. But I mean, I seen DJ Quick and them and stuff like that, and, and Battle Cat and stuff. They ain't never say nothing to me. A lot of times, them dudes took it very humorous, and right. you know, I think a lot of them guys maybe a little too sensitive. Dr. Dre and them, they take it personal and stuff like that. But they. You know, if you're gonna be a lyricist, you gotta be a, a, a phenomenal person that could take. It's like boxing. You yeah. take a punch, you give a punch, but exactly. you can't like be mad. You know, a lot, I think a lot of those dudes took it kind of hardly, even probably working with me. Like they like feel sensitive towards that. You know, that that's right. something that happened years ago, yeah. and that was a part of rap music. But it's not. It ain't had nothing to do with me. But. Right. You know, if you're gonna be mad for thirty years till you get, you know, fifty years till you get gray hair about that, you, as, as those are things you're supposed to laugh at, you yeah. know. Especially, you know, you you moved on in your life and stuff like now, that. Now, now, R.I.P. You know, uh, Tim Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome did, did you did you did did you stay in touch with? Tim? I, I was with Tim sometimes. I saw him in Atlanta when he was living in Atlanta. Right. Then he had the big the NBC thing that was. The expose, the expose like the, whole the woman and scan, scan was was he really doing? Did yeah, you know if yeah. he was Tim really was, doing this? Tim was balling out in Atlanta. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I seen him ball in Atlanta. I got off the plane. He gave me four G's out of nowhere. Slapped it in my lap and said, Damn. "Let's go party." I think Tim was like, you know, and you you ain't even question like where you got this from. I didn't say that. I just thought he was he's. I thought he was balling out of control. You know, <laughs> right. He was going to Cheetah Club every night and Strokers and anywhere. Tim. And he had little rappers under him. Right. Um, Iggy Azalea was up under really? him. Really? Yeah. Iggy, Azalea Iggy was, was signed to Tim? Iggy was one of Tim's artists. You know, Tim had a little, he was like the Hitler, the black Hitler. He had artists up in his house, washing <laughs> dishes. He was black Hitler. <laughs> he was, had artists on his house, artists telling him when to go to bed. He was a dictator. Up, yeah, a dictator, like a black Hitler. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is really doing it. And he's like, yo, don't mess with my artist. Tell him to go to bed. 
get in the bed, like go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> wow. Yo. So I was talking to the artists. They was like, yeah, you know, Tim got me in this. We working, <laughs> but I'm in this little prison. You know, I seen Iggy up there. She was like, "Yeah, I want to, I want to do my rap thing." You know, I'm from Australia and stuff. And and it was funny that he stopped really working with her. He didn't know that that person was right under his nose. Right. And, and I seen her. I spoke to her many times. She was rapping around the house and stuff. And then slaving away with the with the, with the I don't know. Like he had her doing cooking stuff. breakfast. Yeah, he had most of them doing like chores and like going to the store, driving his car to get bacon and eggs for him. <laughs> like the stuff he had his artists do. But it was funny he had that talent right there. And I think she went out and got trap beats and stuff. Right, 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 right. And learned to the etiquette of of talking and the language of black people. And she went out around Atlanta and found opportunity. She probably wasn't ready back then. Yeah, she wasn't ready back then. But they used to, you know, Bushman, my partner, would be freestyling with her in the house and stuff like that. And she ended up, you know, probably hooking up with T.I. and that. Grand Hustle that's crazy, stuff. Man. And, that's that's and, crazy. And, I didn't know she put it in like that, man. Yeah, I mean, um, it go to show that you never know who's around. Yeah. Um, when when Tim Dog passed, man, the craziness that was around his death, like, was he faking this? Did you, did you, you knew? First I thought he was, but Tim is You really good. thought he was? Yeah, first, the Tim is very good at anything, and Tim would try something like that. But I just, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of, like, couldn't believe it until... But Tim is known for doing anything that can be wild that I couldn't believe in myself. So, it, you know, people had to go investigate the hospitals to really find out because Tim is notorious for any type of stunt that he's capable of pulling. What's the wildest stunt you've seen him do, man? Uh, I seen Tim get, like, this guy to bring cars. Tim's like, you know, we're going to get phantoms in the morning. I seen the guy pull up with all these cars in the morning. He's like, see, I told you he was getting the cars. Cars was out there. The car, the guys bought the cars, and you know, I said, "Tim, where you get all these cars?" He like, "Don't worry about it. I made the calls." <laughs> the guys in the yard parking all kinds of cars. He said, "Yeah, I told these guys, you know, that I need these cars, and they gonna." I'm, I worked out some sponsorship with them. You know, he was a hustler. Yeah, Tim is a good talker. Tim right. can make you bring out. He can make you trade your house or something. <laughs> your mortgage, you know? right? Yeah, but it, he's good and he's a smart person. That's right. what I'm saying. His manipulation is really good. Like, he can turn into a white man on the phone and you think you're talking to, <laughs> to a Jewish another guy. guy. You know, you think you're talking to Johnson Murphy and company right. on the phone and it's him. That's crazy, Burr. man. That's crazy. Because I've sat next to him and heard him talk, you know, well, basically our, our stocks have went up and really we're, we're trying to work our, uh, see our, our campaign for this. Like, and I'm like sitting next to him, I'm like, is that Tim? Now you sitting in the car with somebody, you like. Damn, you just became is, a different person. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I've seen him go in action with his persona change. Right. Like he don't gotta be, yo. You know what I'm saying, son. Know what I mean? You know, play the game. Yeah, he he can make a call and be Mister Mister somebody else. Tim Dog was a hustler, but he also wasn't all all the way there. Yeah, he can he can convince himself that he can be real business. Next album y'all do, man. The second album. If y'all finally get the second album, it's on Mercury. It's funk your head up, right? Right. Um, it was kind of disappointing because it didn't have. Well, we had Dave 
Gossett came in and signed us, but we they got two creative Lisa Cortez. We signed, of course, we're gonna sign with a label that got um, Vanessa Williams, um, a group called Mari. Um, Black Sheep was over there. Black Sheep was big over there at the time. Uh, uh, but they was more controlling. That's when ultrasound got out of control and controlled by the company. They were trying to really they, make they, y'all so pop or got, something. They went and got these dudes from. Um, you know, they started getting production suggestions from the outside and stuff, and I think we got caught, lost that street edge over there a little bit. I didn't understand the first single. What was the first single? The the, the baseball joint. <laughs> oh yeah, black baseball. They were, you know, but other other than that, we were signed to a major machine right. that needed something to work with. I guess they, they was too big to understand those records like Eagle Tripping and Funky going through the streets. Right. They was so big of working. Uh, Brian McKnight, right? You know, which you know they was more into Brian McKnight and singing and Vanessa Williams, but but this record right here that Ben Hamid's about to play was it on that album? Yeah. Yo, uh, you lost your fucking mind on this record, B. <laughs> well, the video who took the record off the roof. Whose like, idea? Like, I'm gonna tell well, you, I worked with uh, who, um, um, it was um, what's the name? Shot that video, Hunt, you know, Hunter, uh, Hunter, no, Paul Hunter, Paul Hunter, Hunter. Yeah. Paul Hunter wow, shot that video early, early, yeah. Was that his concept? Whose concept was it, man? Kevin Bray. Okay, Kevin Bray. Kevin Bray that. used to be in the videos, right? Kevin Bray shot that. Right. And it was like, I was tripping when he wanted to do it. I was like, he said, we're going to, you going up. I had to get up like three o'clock in the morning. It was 10 degrees doing that video. And under, you had shorts under, on. I, I went, yeah, I went to a, a Staten Island old uh, mental house. Was that it Cropsy? Was torn down. That was it was, the Cropsy? That was old and decrepit. And was it the Cropsy hospital? Four o'clock in the morning, 10, some, I think it was. South Shore? Some, yeah, some hospital in Staten Island. And it was like 10 degrees. I sh- sh- you see the smoke coming out of my yeah. mouth. 
but the angles and the way he made that video look like like Dr. Frankenstein or some shit. Like, and the whole thing was, you know, after the video's finished, he shot it in such a raw area, like 35 millimeter, it looked like movie film. It was like a horror flick. It was just that video. He the ideas was it made it look sick. Like the chair spinning around chair upside. Spinning you around. were spinning around upside down in the chair. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. Yo, they listen. They tied me in a harness and stuff. That video. That video took a lot on me because I was like, damn, this motherfucker is ten degrees. The shit I'm doing. I don't think no rapper could ever do that <laughs> fucking video. Um, but you didn't know how it was gonna look either. I didn't know how it was gonna look. I just thought this shit gonna come out whack and stuff, but it came out good. When you first was, seen that video, Keith. It was crazy because I was like, they had my eyes moving fast and the goggles. The goggles. I was wearing those welding goggles as an image one right. time. That right. was those goggles. And then your teeth were fucked up too, man. Yeah. Well, I was I was I had the gold tooth and And then you would take it out. Yeah, I would have had a gold tooth right there that I pluck in on the top. It was real ill. It was like that video was like a real video of me just me bugging the fuck out. Like so, it looked as psycho anyway. It was like psycho in the mask, and everything was more like a a a, a wild ass video. Like it just was wild. Like, I'm gonna I'm tell and you, Sadna was in it in different parts. It was just a movie. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, man. That video, I'm not I'm not exaggerating, man. To this day, that's one of my top ten video rap videos of all time. Well, that video is just like it was. That's a monster flick. Yeah, in its own way, it's just me, and it was just focused on me. You know, you didn't need location changes. It was just all in that one area in different places, sitting, laying back with the doctor, working on your body. The concept of that video was just so fueled up. That Lobotomy it, and the whole nine. The record matched the the video too, and the video matched the record. Now, now, why did you have a solo record on that, man? Um, that record, they felt I should have did that record by myself. The beat minds was producing it. And I remember I had to work to get them lyrics right because I was in the studio with the beat minds. They was like, you know, they said, you got to rock these lyrics, man. And that record was a do or die situation for Ultra to save that album because right. we didn't have nothing to work with. I didn't know the beat minds did that. Did, did you? Nah, I didn't, but when you hear it, you can, you yeah, can hear yeah, it, yeah. definitely. I didn't have nothing. I didn't have nothing to save them. That was the album that was supposed to save them. That album right there, and it and it did. It, I mean, it got you to the next album. The next album, that album, was, that record right there was a, they they needed that record to save them. Yeah, we didn't have no singles or nothing. Yo, listen, let's go to a quick break. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show. We sitting here with the legendary Cool Keith, Doctor Octagon, Papa Large, Black Elvis, Jackie Jasper, Black Elvis, Doom, what all types of fucking names? Forget about it. Listen, F your radio, F your TV show, and F your podcast. Cheer, cheer. Be right back. Internets. Building a website can be tough. And even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, portfolio, restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful website templates for you to work with. Not only that, but those templates are part of Squarespace's responsive design, which means your website's scales to look great on any device. Mobile, screen, desktop, laptop, the whole nine. Further minimizing the hassles of making a website on your own. Every website you build also comes with a free online store if you need it. Just need something minimalistic but powerful? Their cover page feature also allows you to set up a beautiful one-page online presence in minutes. 
Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website for only $8 a month. You can even get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. What are you waiting for, Internets? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your own incredible website today. So go to squarespace.com and punch in the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the Combat Jack Show. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And now back to the Combat Jack Show with our very special guest, Cool Keith. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We got our guest this week, the legendary Cool Keith. Cool Keith, that was a big record, man, Papa Large. Huh? Yeah, he was telling me it was big in Houston. Yeah, it was, definitely. Yeah. So that was the record that broke the boundaries within the States, right? Beyond New York, right? Yeah, I think that took me international, solo, solo. That took me, that record took me so international. But you mentioned earlier, man, that that when when y'all did Papa Large, Papa Large in a sense saved Ultramagnetic, but at the same time, it was like the apex of the Ultramagnetic run. Yeah. For me, that was like a branch to me going solo, like right. the last farewell, probably. But we went to the Four Horsemen too. Four Horsemen, which was cool. Yeah, it was cool. But it was like, you know what? It's not. This is not. That was the apex of. This that. is not the ultra. It's like the swan song of the ultra magnetic cats that we knew. But you know, after Four Horsemen, right? Yeah. You decided to move out west. I moved to L.A. Why? Uh, I had got tired of New York. I mean, I wasn't getting beats, and it was a different downhill movement. It was like a. I think my creativity went to a crossroads of of trying to figure if it was going to go left or right. And I was like, that's when New York had um, the bottle popping and stuff. So The bad boy era, the shiny suits era. Yeah, I mean, then I went to L.A. I said, maybe I can be more open-minded and make something different. Right. And I got to L.A. That's when I landed. And I went to Gavin Convention and I met... Um, LO7 self and he said I want to sign you I went to LA then I went to Sacramento I mean I went up to Santa Cruz then I cut a record with um Kurt was a fan he used to so we used to come go out, master, come yeah, master Kurt. Master Kurt used to show uh setting them where they buy records at I mean Trevor and, and, and Mo and Kurt ended up sending me a cassette to my house one time and it was funny and I ended up opening i like oh, who's sending me this envelope with a cassette in it <laughs> and then i played the beats you know i never some people never usually play a cassette that right. somebody send them i happened to play it and there was some dope beats on it and i called him and he's like yo what you doing like you know I, I know you're not doing nothing he flew me out to um santa cruz i worked on some tracks we went to gavin convention we saw lo7 up there lo said that's when hip-hop was more real and a and was more real it wasn't like fake as new york was right. you know new york people i'm signing you come into my office they ain't signing you they want to give you some water and potato chips <laughs> you know give you a sprite out the refrigerator and let you hear a couple whack artists and give you a couple cds to leave yeah, yeah remember yeah. those days so it got dry you, you felt that it was dried up yeah here. yeah so i just went out to la and and they were treating you differently and he said, come out to L.A., man. It was like, he said, Gary Gershom, make it happen. We get the paperwork going. I remember I was in New York. I couldn't get no beats or nothing from nobody Producers at all. Producers wasn't giving me nothing. They, it was like 
the ending or something like remember that cartoon I'm just the bill dollar bill yeah, yeah, Capitol yeah. Hill I felt like <laughs> you got that rejected. and I said let me just I just gotta get out to LA I'm like New York is dry right now nothing is happening I went to LA they signed me um, Capitol Records signed me um, 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 Channel Live was over there and and everybody was over there and I ended up with a deal at for sex styles. So so you was working on sex styles, right? Yeah. And then how did the situation with with Dr. Octagon come about? With, well, with, with, sex style was put on the back burner too with Capital that so never put it out. You had a you, But they gave me the budget for it. Right. Capital had me I had one of the most most distinctive record Yo, deals in my career. Play sex styles for a second. It was a it was a recording fund. Right. A place to live and a deal. You know, this record was wow. I love this record, man. That was LA. Just the rhymes was crazy, right? Niggas want it free, they dogs drink my piss. You want freestyle, that's right, the style is free. Niggas suck my dick and they girls drink my pee. Pause. I'm going to listen to shit you can't fit with. Yeah, good Suckers back to poor, they style is transsexual. Lesbians dance with the funky heterosexual. You on the mic and when you rhyme, I start to jerk off. Let my dog lick you, German Shepherd, want to bust off. Hey. Yo. That's crazy. That was a hard record. I ain't to New York, no problem with my dick out. California. I was bad at New York, probably then. Saying what was sperm dripping down your partner's butt. I see him season my dick. Let me put my cape on, my rubber in my mask up. Not no horrible shit, this is one core. I'm in the club, naked man, I'm the fucking pro. Niggas can't wax no ass, girls should let them know. Sex Yo, what were you doing in the club naked? Yo, well, when I made, when I, you know what's funny? Were you into porn at the time? When I got to L.A., the porn world opened up, like, I, like I, when I, as soon as I got to L.A., I you got, got to deal out, didn't you? with the Capitol. I mean, F.M. Bradley was at my house, and, and Jimmy <laughs> Z and them, and, Yo. you know, Ron Hightower was my neighbor, and, and I'm seeing Jeannie, Jeannie Pepper walking the dog up the street, and, Ooh. you know, every person that I see on players and, you know, the magazines back, Blacktail. Blacktail. Was starting to come out the magazines into my life, seeing them like at the store, the mall, at the supermarket, and you like, oh, that's, oh shit, that's that's such and such, that's the girl, that's um, so the whole that, that's Angel Eyes, that's Ebony Hayes. And so the porno industry influenced you when you got to L.A. That's what welcomed you when you got. Well, to- when I got to L.A., I was staying on, I stayed in Beverly Hills first with me and Kurt, and then when I moved. Toward closer to Capitol Hollywood Boulevard was such a freak block. Like right. all the clothes in the window, my mind was just boots and everything. And you, the whole Hollywood Boulevard was just sex stores. You know how you go. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Then my block was. I stayed on Sunset Martell. Mm. I had like thirty prostitutes at the corner and pimps. So my whole life, as soon as I walk to the corner, I see the visuals of the album every time, every day. So I walk to the corner, Rock and Roll Denny's by Guitar Center is nothing but pimps. 
girls with their ass cheeks hanging out every morning walking in the store working in the strip Sunset Boulevard was a whore strip right. like Hunts Point Market right and this is why you recorded and, and I'm recording that's all my visuals I see <laughs> Hollywood Boulevard Capitol Records and I gotta walk with my groceries pants pimps with jerry curls and chicks with their ass hanging out in front of the street and I live in a quiet Russian block right so that concept was like cool that's why the album cover looked like sunset boulevard and with stuff the, with the colors yeah the al- album i just took the album picture in my house with a polaroid and they artworked it in who like, was that chick on the cover B? that was on uh, spontaneous ecstasy tim, tim was going with her okay she took the album cover oh tim picture. was with her tim was with spontaneous ecstasy right and then um, she took. The, I used to stare at that cover, B. Yeah, it's like that, that was cover was chick. that cover won like a best cover in 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 different magazines, and I saw in Oakland and San Francisco, um, like top album covers of all time. That just the artwork was so crazy. I had a Moet with a flower in it, cocoa puffs. <laughs> now the that, album cover was not taken by a real record company, right? In a no, real, I, I studied that album cover, but. But you, yeah. you you said you was mad at New York. You really had to be mad at New York because here you go, like you wearing the forty belows. You wearing the dab. No, no, I'm saying in, in, in New York, I got speedos. You on. got speedos on with cowboy <laughs> boots, my nigga. <laughs> like what? Like you was really like. You, I said fuck it, man. You was, I was rebellious, like on right? L.A., man. You know, and I didn't live an underground world. When I got to L.A., it was an underground. It was like different groups in the underground movement, right? And, and Project Blow and that type of movement, but. I separated myself. I was going to clubs and stuff. I, I felt like I had a, I felt like an R&B star when I got to L.A. when I was working on Sex Style. And right. the, the budget I had for the album was like, you know, 500000 was good in a, in a moving fund. So I was shopping in the Beverly Center and living large. I didn't give, I didn't care about that struggle rap no more. I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm, I'm free. Good. I was free. I was like, you know, I don't, you know, I went out there when rappers had the, Still, you know, try to sell a, try to get a deal on Melrose, walking right. up and down Sunset, and, like looking for a deal, sleeping on. I didn't go to L.A. like a lot of rappers did, sleeping on couches, and a lot of rappers did that real. The rock star, yeah, right. rock stars, Grunge couch, shit, couch right. surfing right, and right. trying to get a deal yeah. and sleeping. I, I when I went to L.A., I was already ready and set. But like, what happened? Because Capital, why did they hold the record? Was it too? Was uh, it too crazy? It for was them? too. It was too. I had nothing to really work. It was raw. It right. was so raw. It was just a raw album. They didn't have nothing to go to radio with. Of course, you can't, you can't take go sex down to nah, radio. T- nothing. Drinking piss up with yeah. your <laughs> dick out. And, hey, yeah. Yo. So they was like, so, but it was so raw. I said, fuck it. This is raw. We're going to leave it like this. And you know what happened? They ended up giving me the money for the album. They gave me the money back and they gave me the album back. So Automator comes to LA. Dan, how'd you meet Dan the Automator? Uh, Automator is Kurt's best friend. Okay. Automator used to come down and help Kurt with troubleshooting on his equipment. So I bring Menelik out. We do little side things while I'm working on sex style. I work on um, some wild track with Menelik, me and him rapping about space. With Then we come out with one record called, um, it was one record we put on the album, on the Octagon album, like something breakneck speed or something. This one record. And Automator said, I like that fucking record. He said, can you come to San Francisco? I want you to just finish this project right. for some reason. And we, I went up there, got some yoo and donuts, stayed up there for like seven <laughs> days. You like yoo And, and we donuts? came up with 
Octagon. Now, wh- wh- who was Dr. Octagon? Octagon was like a gynecologist crazy, combined like, the <laughs> sex and everything mixed in a gumbo pot, and doctor and medical, and, and the shit jumped off to every genre. Like, mm. the techno world, the the rock world, the rap world, right. alternative. Everybody, I didn't have no idea it would be that big. Now, it's crazy because you're coming off the energy of sex style. Which was basically the the invention of porno core, which right. was Cutmaster Kurt production, right? And then you go into Doctor Octagon with that same mentality, but in you, a different twist. Yeah, and you kind of did what the Wu Tang did, because what the Wu Tang did was they took kung fu movies and sampled them into the records. You took porn movies and, and sampled them, them into, into Doctor Octagon in a in a hospital sick way. Like, yes, and you know using skits and stuff. I love this record right here. This record right here. Is what made me love this album, the the blue flowers. Blue flowers, yes. That was a big record too. MTV. This MTV. This when I went to the. the, the I went to another world. I MTV went, Music Awards. Well, I didn't go to the awards, but I went. It was just that record took me into that mode of right. those type of that mm. rock audience. That took me. This yeah. album turned me into a rock star. Yes. You know. I was no longer an average rapper. Dr. fetus of the East from the church of the operating room with the strikes of force. That's crazy. the Holocaust. I do indeed You know about this stuff, huh? Back to rooms with the curse. Holding up office lights, standing at huge heights. Back and forth, left wing, swing to north. East and south with blood pouring down your mouth. I can prepare with the white suit and stethoscope, listen to your heartbeat. Delete, beep, beep, beep. Your insurance is high, but my price is cheap. Look at the land. Blue flowers. Run by the purple pond. Blue flowers. That chorus was like out of nowhere. It had no sense to go with the track you at just, all. Just, I just put it there. I was doing tracks of of brotherly, of brother and sisterly love in, 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 the, in the daisy age of of whatever he was, he was a unconsciousness and people who want to live life and take <laughs> mushrooms and see colors now, and stuff now you did you and did you take drugs man i didn't take drugs you never you don't i never like, took drugs wow no. you never even smoked that's weed? what people were saying you smoke weed? I didn't, I, at one time i, I did smoke weed i right. do I, I didn't take but people thought i was popping pills and taking way stronger drugs to make an album like this but i didn't i just was naturally I had that in me naturally to make that. That Riesling? Now, you know it was what, the Riesling? It wasn't even Riesling. I ain't drinking no Riesling. Now, you know, what, you know what's crazy? Donuts and you who's Okay. You know what's crazy, Keith? It's like I came up on the cool Keith from Ultramagnetics, right? Mm-hmm. But this is, this is damn near 10 years later. It's a whole generation of kids. And what I realized is a whole bunch of kids jumped on didn't know who the hell Cool Keith was. They knew this. Didn't know Ultramagnetics. Their first introduction to Cool Keith was Dr. Octagon. So in a sense, you had a second career with this record, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And this and I think this record right here took me into another gave level. you the freedom because you didn't this was a project. You never wanted to be Dr. Octagon. No. Nah. But it opened you up to be all these other characters, right? It just took me into a whole new realm. Right. And it erased my whole past. Right. So you had kids walking up to me that don't even know, like you said, they don't even know nothing about Papa Lodge or nothing. They don't know Ultra from a can of paint. 
and it just was a whole new. Field and you became of a rock star. I became a rock star through this. But what's crazy, like like your fortune is so crazy because this next record took you. You didn't even do nothing with this record, and this record took you to the next level. Yo, play that smack my bitch up, man. <laughs> Cheer. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that was a big record too. <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, this was big too. Tim L. L.A. turned to. I want to talk about the royalties, B. I got some good royalties. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, you did, my dude. This is a big record too. Love this album. Prodigy. This this one of the top ten videos ever, right here. This video is ridiculous. With that and Doctor Gone together, that was a ball of fire, huh? Shit. This was everywhere. It's one of my favorite so, albums. So, uh, this sold three million. That's it? No, no, no. Three million oh. just here. Worldwide. Million, four or five ten million. My ten million. Ten million? Ten million. Ten million worldwide. That's it. <laughs> Wow. So this this group is an English group called Prodigy, yeah. right? They had sampled you on another record uh, before. And on that sec- another album they got. What was their fascination with Cool Keith, man? I don't know. I think Liam liked me. We was going to do an album together. I don't know what happened with them. They was busy, but um, there was a group that come out once in a while, and they come out once in a while with a big record. They don't release every year. Right. They're one of those studio groups. Yeah. They might stay. They'll come out every five years. They just put out another one. But they they sampled. They smack, had a new record out? Yeah. Finally. But they year. but they sampled Switch My Pitch Up, yeah, Smack My Bitch Up, which was on your record, uh, Give the Drummer Some, yeah. from the Ultra Magnetic. And you did another record with them on that album, right? Um um, Diesel Power. Diesel and Power. Then, and you rapped on that record. Yeah. And then I did another record on another album they got. I forgot that other album with the white artwork on right. it. Beige artwork is a beige album. But this record right here, The Fat of the Land, sold three million in the U.S. Right? Yeah. It sold as of uh, a couple of years ago. It sold ten million records worldwide. It's in the Guinness Book World of Records, Book of Records for the fastest selling United Kingdom album of all time. They this sold ten million records. You still getting those royalties, man? Yeah, I got some good royalties from them. I got a lot of good checks from them. But this record right here took you to a whole different level without you even knowing trying to be on a whole different level. Yeah. This took you through the rave scene. You know what I'm saying? Like the BC boys had beef playing. with these niggas because they was like, yo, you can't put that record out. I think they was performing together and you know, at the time oh, there was on that piece. There was uh, some this was Buddhist. a misogynistic record, man. Like this is this was this is crazy, B. That was a big record anyway. I mean, it was a big group. I went on stage with them one time. I, I just seen their whole aura was big. And they didn't say no lyrics, really. Right. You know, you have groups that could sell a lot of records without saying any, they don't have to say a word. They was, had a lot of sampled records with sounds in them. They didn't say too much on the song. But this opened you up. Like, you eventually worked with Maroon 5 
and yeah. other rock groups and the whole nine because of Prodigy, right? Yeah, I did a lot of collabs with rock bands and you know I did Warp Tour and stuff. I, I, I like you said, I connected with rock in a different way. Now, Keith, it says, man, that you all together throughout your career, you've put out fifty albums. Yeah, fifty albums. With I had the Cinnabites with Godfather Don. Right. I had um, Black Elvis. I, I helped, you know, even Percy P. I spent him into L.A. Right. You know, I remember Peter Butter Wolf was at Kurt's house, and he we did his first single. Then he became Stone's Throw. I, I had helped a lot of people in the business and put people on. People on, put people on. Right. And then you did the collaborative album with with, with Ice T, the Analog Brothers. The Analog Brothers. Yeah, me and Ice did the album together with um, Pimper Rex, Black Silver, and I did. Um, me and Kurt did the album with the Diesel Truckers. Yes. And, um, <laughs> I did Keith Matthew album. I did I did a lot of albums. Like you right, I did a lot of lot of albums. Um listen, man, I you know, we, we, we gotta wrap this up. I could go on and on and on because you you've done so much, man. I was looking at this T V show you did last year. What Champions? No, this the TV movie? show called What's what's Champions? Well that was a movie I did with, with Danny Trejo mm -hmm. and I got a little acting part in it. Get out of here. Look up champions. Well, how, you, you what, year, what year did you do that? Man? I don't know. It was a while ago. It was like um, I got a few parts in there. A word? I got to yeah, check champions. that Champions. Champion, but I see. With, with um, Kim Shamrock. Okay. I've seen. The wrestler? <laughs> you remember that? Well, it was, um, it was, it was a movie, a little B movie. Porno. I, Not I saw, porno. I, 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 I saw you on this TV show, like this small online TV show called The Cool Keith Show. Oh, okay. With, was, with Funny or Die. Right, 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 right. And, and in it, you, you you was doing it with, 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 with George Clinton. Well, yeah. Well, what was that, man? I was trying to uh, we were trying to do some pilots and stuff, but I was going to try to shoot for some some um, television movies and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I was just sometimes being L.A. joking around, just shooting some pilots, making people trip out on different concepts that I had. That shit was mad trippy. And, like, you had different characters, like Lotion Man. Lotion Man, uh, yeah. You see that? <laughs> I seen Lotion Man. He was squirting <laughs> lotion on it. No, nah, but I was trying to get a... I wanted to do... I didn't want to really release that. It leaked out. Right. Are you, are you talking with, with Bushman and all yeah, that? Yeah, Bushman and yeah. all of that. I wanted to finish that into a whole sequel, and a whole um, scenario of a movie. <laughs> Not a movie, but a, a, a TV show. Right. So, so are you doing anything else on the TV side right um, now? No, nah, I'm getting ready to, but um, what I got, um, we, I'm working on another more albums. Okay. Traveling, I'm touring. Uh, I got an action figure out, Dr. Octagon action figure. Who's who's doing the action? Wait, 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 wait. It's a guy I need in, um, that. Yeah. I, yo, I need that. <laughs> I, yeah. Yo, the, one of my biggest regrets in life, because I collect action figures, is I never got the um, octagon? No, 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 no. I never got the um, the Doom. I never got the MF Doom. Uh, MF Doom figure. Never saw so, that. So, so mm. if you got the, when is that coming out, Keith? It's out already. It's out. Yeah, Yo. you can get Eric. I'm gonna tell Eric to get you. Please, one. please. Two we, of them joints. Yeah, you can paint it too. It's got the skull yeah. and all that. No octagon hold. Holding the it. skull. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yo, and and and, 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 and 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 you're getting a piece of that, right? Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, but I want to make where yeah, that's going. You can paint yours too. Yeah, nice. I don't know I'm not going to paint my shit. I, I don't got no time <laughs> for no art. I'm a grown ass man. Don't fuck it up. Right? I'm a grown. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm that grown. I'm not that grown. I'm not that grown. You don't want it sitting plain on your yeah, table. Yeah, right? no. Listen, you try some color. No, listen, man. I'm not that. You might fuck it up, right? I'm not that. I'm a. I'm not that grown to have an action figure. You don't know what you're doing, huh? I'm not that grown to have an action figure, but I'm too grown to be fucking painting some action figure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now you got you got what, what records Mr. are you Octagon working on? Octagon right? is an action figure. What records are you working on right now? Uh, well, I'm doing my producing, my, my number one producer stuff. Right. I'm doing a lot of number one producer stuff. What do you and, mean uh, number one producer? That's what I. That's my ID. Yeah. Okay. Number one producer. I'm on a lot of songs and I'm producing a lot of of stuff for myself. And stand well. I've been programming beats. That's been a good thing in my career, learning how to program. Because said never taught me, and Tr never taught me. And I was around everybody that had drum machines, and they were selfish. And I had to learn. <laughs> and so that became a, a good thing for me right. to learn Pro Tools and stuff like that. So you're producing now? Yeah, I've been producing. Okay, I want to get tracks into everybody that you know. I think a lot. Of, you know, the reason why I started producing because I think a lot of producers don't feel what you wrote and they don't match what you want to say right. with the the content of the music. You know, like, you don't hear the content behind a person's lyrics no more. Like, I think a producer don't know a person's background. Like, when you get off, the, when you fly from the Bronx and get off in L.A., that producer in L.A. don't know what you came from. There's no context. Yeah, he's making a, be- a beautiful beat he heard from in the sun in L.A. But, Palm you know, trees. You, you didn't flew from, you might have flew from. Cockroaches. Somebody, somebody had got shot. You right. Know? That's what I, that's when I got into my own beats and making beats because I felt like some days you want to match what you're saying. Okay. and With the background. And, I, and, and you guys showed me a video. It looked like a reunion of Ultra Magnetic. Yeah, what, what, what's that about? Um, well, Ultra's working on some tracks and stuff like that. They gradually, not I won't say coming back. They're just gonna put another, maybe some more records out. But they're not trying to do critical beatdown over again. Right. They, they're just trying to make a record. They don't want the critics to be. This is not compared and, to the past. And you're part of the group. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I come and do stuff with them, but okay. we we don't want to be compared to. Our past. You can't. It's hard to compare to your yeah. past. As a matter, and, of I, and then people ask me, "What's your best album? Was it Doctor Octagon? Was it Black Elvis? Was it?" I, I just say all those albums are different. They're not better than each other. Right. They, they were whole, they were just different records. What, what's, were, what's your favorite album, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, cool Keith. Probably Dr. Octagon. I got to say this, Half Man, Half Shark. Oh that yeah, that is like one of my favorite records yeah. <laughs> ever. See, like, see ever. Um, that's what we saying. Those albums, Octagon was a good album. I like Octagon too. It's just that uh, to me, it's hard to I judge can't between really make each one Octagon and Critical Beatdown, though, man. Like That's, you say, they're so different. It, yeah. It's yeah. like like Black Elvis yeah. is his own album. A lot right. of people. What, what, what killed me with Black Elvis was I was producing Nightcrawler because they said the producer could never do his own album. A lot of people liked the Black Elvis, but I had to hide behind the production. Why? Because people don't want to hear. Somebody did their own beats, right? And 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 is it all? Did it also have something to do with the, with the fact that you actually, when you got to L.A., you kind of hustled the industry and had mad yeah. deals? Yeah, I had a lot of deals in that LA. you shouldn't have had. Yeah, California was a big payoff for me. It was like a big slot machine when I got there. <laughs> right. I pulled. The how how down. many deals did you have at one point, man? In L.A., I had 
about five record deals. Ah. Doctor Dr. Doom was signed. Uh, like you said, Matthew was signed. Uh, Black Elvis was signed. I got all those deals in L.A. Sextile was signed. And they never got Octagon mad at you, man. I don't know. I just changed my name. They couldn't never catch me because I was a person. I just was many people putting out all those records. Right. I know you've seen it at the yeah. same time, same releases. I was never going to get caught up in one record deal. A lot of these dudes were stuck in contracts for years. And you kind of, in a sense, man, broke the mold of reinvent- reinvention. I mean, we've seen that happen with, once again, Doom. You know what I'm saying? What's the situation you feel like in terms of you've been vocal about someone like a Andre 3000 kind of, lifting your style in terms of creativity and, and the limitation that was once seen in it in hip-hop? Well, well, Outkast, well, Public Enemy at least acknowledged that they were inspired where, where by they, where they Where they was inspired. Right. But I think Outkast, I mean, maybe Big, the, what's the other rapper? Big, he, Big Boy. He, 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 he took a lot of consideration and time out to honor where a lot of his influence came from with me. But I think the three thousand dude was a little too much of into himself as mm. he did everything and he forgot like he didn't get anything from nowhere. Right. But when you see him and you see stuff that he's doing, you're like, Okay, this is a lot of things that seem like I've done before. It, it was kind of like, you know how Rick James always tell Prince off? Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. that's the same kind of thing. But you're not really offended. No, I wasn't offended, but I'm shocked that the arrogance of that type of thing, that right. person that can really go and go for the rest of his life and never make any kind of comment. Acknowledgement. What do you listen to right now, man? I listen to all the rappers. You know, I listen to everybody. I know I never have um, a limitation to what I listen to. I right. listen to every rapper because... What do you like? I like rappers I can hear clearly. Like, I don't like, like I don't like rappers that I can't like. I still I, 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 my my different my my various. I still I was still listen to Coogee rap. I, I listen to Jada Kiss. I still listen to Wu Tang. I still listen to uh, you know I I, I I listen to Southern rappers. I listen to Texas rappers, West Coast, you know, Della Funky Homo Sapien. I listen to E Forty. I have a wide range of listening because when I was on my tour bus, I bought. All kinds of rappers, right. uh, you know, Brother Lynch hung. I, mm. I have a big wide range of, you know, listening, you know, rappers from the Midwest, Chicago, Boston, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida. You know, Rick Ross is a lyrical person that kind of brought lyricism to Miami. Right. You know, so. I'm glad that you acknowledge that, man. Yeah, so it's like. I listen to everybody to know where I'm at. Right. You know, I listen to everybody to know where I'm at. A lot of people don't do that. They so stuck on not listening to they forgot how they they don't sound good. Right. So listen, huh? Listen, let's let's do this, man. You got one you got this record coming out, right? Tell us about this record coming out. Which one? Th- this this record you gave us. Oh, well, I got a record I'm gonna play on. There. I got a let me see. I got a record called I got my uh love record on there. I got a uh, Doing love songs right now. Yeah. Well, I got a love song on there. Let Maybe making music out of this album. Which, which what's the name of this album? This is called. Well, this is one. This is Love and Danger. I had this out. This is still new anyway. But okay. I'm saying I, I got a song on there called. Uh, what was it called? Let me see. You know, I make so many songs. I don't know no. <laughs> Yo, more. you ever you you do you remember I, all the songs? I don't you've remember done? none. I don't. Nah, not all of them. 
This song, what is that song saying? Uh, something special. Something special. Yeah. So you want to see a something special? Yeah. All right. Like, you know, my growth. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Bikinis in the brown. Crazy. As Puffy would say, take that, take that. Crazy. I got my feeling tight, girl. You make me think about you. <laughs> You produce us? I produce this though. You know, I change, I change up. It's got that Pharrell type vibe. Yeah. <laughs> That's you singing? It's me. Temperature feel good. You got me by my Joseph Woods. Spank you if I could. Make your body burn. Like I do a little bit of everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, but you know, I'm an artist that can get away with it. You know? Holding your flame, I might insert in your kind. Black ivory blow your mind. I flip on your thong design. Lotion you up with calamine. Pull up in your car. <laughs> Lotion you up with calamine. calamine. Where, where can the people find 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 everything uh, that you're doing? Oh, uh, right they can hit me on Ultraman 7000 Twitter. Okay. Ultraman 7000. On Twitter, and definitely you know join that Twitter page, and that's when they're gonna hear my number one producer and catch me on all the, you know, my Instagram and all that. But Ultraman Seven Thousand Twitter. What's your Instagram? Uh, cool Keith, and you know, my official. Um, I got my official page coming up. Your website. Uh, my website is coolkeithseal dot. Coolkeith.com, my original um, number one producer, but you can reach me through Ultraman Twitter for bookings and everything. And of course, I'm doing verses, still doing features. And you did stuff. something recently with Rock Marciano, right? Yeah, Rock Mars. What up, Rock? I did a. I do everything. I work with. Uh, I just did something with um, Necro. Necro, okay. Yeah, yeah, I just did stuff. I'm always doing features and stuff. Yo, yo, Keith, man, I, I got to tell you, man. My cadence a, still the same, brand new. You know, my you voice still, still, still rocking out. I'm still rocking out. Still crazy as a still, and I'm still doing the shows and stuff. I'm traveling. And, and you selling? You, are you selling these scars, man? Uh, you nah, I'm not selling. Them. I collect them, but I I can definitely maybe cut you one up or something one day. I cut you one up. Yeah, yeah that's I, I got so much. One. I get y'all one. That's you got man. so much glitter on it. I I'm looking like at your cheekbone. It's like a new. It's like a new jet. I see you. I see you. It's like it's like a. It's like a new piece of jewelry. Yes, I like that, man. Listen, Keith, I got to tell you, man, as a as a fan of of music, man, I just got to thank you for, you know, all these years of entertaining. You know what I'm saying? I know I put a lot of work in, right? James Brown, the hardest man, working man. Yeah, so I, from what I understand, man, your, your work ethic. I could have gave up. But you can't. Yeah. And you and, can't. And he didn't. And he didn't. And, I, I, and you I, won't. Before, he go, before you go... I want to say this for you just doing so many albums, for you just doing so many. I mean, you've been around for so long. I reinvented myself. I mean, time and time again. But I, I want to know this. I want to know two questions. I want to know. I want to know what you feel like you gave hip hop. 
or you gave the music you know I, business. I, I think and I what gave, do you feel like you got back? I gave people freedom. I gave artists a, a change to be different, to uh, feel that they can be different. They don't have to, you know, kids coming up don't have to feel they all got to be a gangster. Uh, kids don't all have to pop bottles. Kids don't all have to do the same thing. I gave them. Kids the, don't have to wear Speedos. Yeah, and they can all be anything they want. Right. They can they can be it's no it's no limitation like you can be anything you can you want to call yourself mc eggshell you know you can, <laughs> you you can, can do about, it you can rap about eggs the whole album but i'm just saying i gave them that lane to say it's no laws you can rap about it's, anal it's, monkey it's, warts. yeah and check it out it's no it's no it's no um it's no um ceiling to this shit, man. It's no, it's no, it's no limitation. No limitation, and, and no, no A and R to say you can't do that. Because mm-hmm. I had fought that for years. Right, that was the fight. Like Martin Luther King, I, I marched and made, set freedom for creativity, freedom. I, I marched for the music. I marched for hip hop for yes. freedom. Because you had a dream. And I what has and, and what has uh, it given you? I it, mean, you gave it. What has it given you? Over I, the years? I, I I did what I did like Rosa Parks. Now a lot of rappers can sit on the creativity bus and do what they want. <laughs> you know, I, I gave them the freedom. I, I marched for freedom, and I, I went through a lot. Like right. I, 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 like you said, I got, I got critic, I, I got criticized and stuff. Magazines, rolling different magazines and stuff. But I did that. I think I opened doors for a lot of creativity. Right. You know, people can do different things. People can be Missy Elliott. People can do the Outcast. People can do um, Danny Brown. People can do. Mm. I, I, I opened up those doors. Kid Cudi. Yeah, people can do Kid Cudi. People Kanye can, West. People could do Kanye yeah. West, and you know, people could do anything. Yes, anything they want to do now, and and I think, you know, I just didn't get the proper. You know, I didn't receive my trophy yet from all these type of networks. That but you got should longevity. Be. Yeah, these networks, and I, I just wish a lot of these networks and stuff start to realize and see it. But they kind of poor, poorly educated. Right. Well, hopefully this episode is going to be educate a lot of people, man. Yeah, and, and like you said, hopefully we be at one of these couple of these uh, honor honorary events that yes. they recognize what's going on. Like the hip hop honors or something like that. Well, everything, even BET and all that stuff, they don't have the proper education no right. more. They teaching kids to like ripping pages out the Bible, telling people to. And I'm I'm very surprised that uh, what's her name, uh, the lady who owns it, uh, Debbie, Deborah Lee, Deborah Lee right. is just being blinded, walking around with a cane, or the blind lady, with a blind lady, a blind woman that's not seeing anything. You know, maybe she has a black dog that's leading her around. <laughs> And she's touching things without knowing in Braille is is, is like is it's gotta be enhanced. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Well Keith man, once again, man, thanks for coming on the Combat Jack show. Of course. Ben Hameen, always good to see you. Thank you. Thanks sir. for coming. Thanks you know, thank y'all for having me yes, out sir. here and exposing more, you know, exposing more that should be leaked out that people want to keep a secret, you know. Martin Luther King March. I marched for uh, creativity, freedom. Yeah, so where's the where's the, where's where's the black Elvis wig? Wig. <laughs> I think wig. I threw that wig away. I was wearing that wig so much I taped it. 
I had to tape, I pull it off my sideburns. Used to be, you know, it, was, it was a lot with the, the had the glue, the real burning glue. You know, oh, you had to put the 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 the, the, yeah, the real, costume glue. Yeah, real, real <laughs> glue that yeah. stuff. Nah, man, fuck that. That wig made me money though. That wig made of me. That wig made me good, like ten ten grand a night sometimes. Damn, you, you still a doing a lot of shows? Yeah, I'm still doing a lot of shows and stuff. I'm traveling next week after. Week after that, I'm doing a show in New York that y'all gonna come to. Yes, most of where? Um, and a couple of weeks later, I'm Brooklyn. Okay, I might have my band. Brooklyn out there. Bowl or something. I, wow. my band. I did Brooklyn Bowl. Okay, already. you know, I did everywhere, every club, theater, festival. I have no problem being picky. You know, I, from I, pubs I, to festivals. I, from pubs to festivals. You know, I I do mostly festivals. Little clubs, sometimes intimate BB Kings. I've done it all. I, I was playing BB Kings when now you got big groups going, and you know you got uh, Patty Labelle going yes. to BB Kings mm. now. You know groups like In Vogue, and I was going to BB Kings even when rappers didn't even go right. in there. They right, wasn't right, even right. going in BB Kings. Right. I was doing shows. Now you see Stephanie Mills and them in there, but they Earth Wind and Fire going in now, and that's because I, of you. I would do these places. That they was turning down. Right. Well, Keith, man, once again, brother, thank you. Internets, you know what it is. Dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white. Oh, you sound like um, Mr. Magic. What do you used to say? And, and the universe By flows. yourself, you would. No, let's, wait, be, do we wait. remember Magic? What do you say? To we return Yo, I think to that's burn. The first time I, I can't. I would, somebody, I would, somebody, stop much. No, 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 no. Let me, learn. I gotta learn yours. So what did Mr. Magic used to say? To return to burn. He said, and a wise man, a foolish man, can learn from his. I don't know that though. You know anybody know Mr. Magic? Buy yourself or find yourself. Buy yourself. But this is is dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor. And surround sound. Blah. But I'm going to tell you, Keith, that's real Shit. on point. Because when I created this, I thought about Mr. Magic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is like paying homage to Mr. Oh, Magic. Yeah, he used to say that And one. Frankie Crocker and the yeah. DJs from yeah. back in the oh, day. Oh, Frankie Crocker. They, they don't know who Frankie Crocker is. They, you know Frankie Crocker. Come on. You know what? Number one chief rocker, Frankie Crocker. <laughs> so that's why I say this, man. This is paying homage to the cast that opened up the doors for us. Yeah. Yo, Keith, thank you very much, man. Of course. Thank Word. you. Man. Thank you. And it was a pleasure to be here. Yes, Definitely. Sir. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. It was a great honor and pleasure to be here. There you go. Peace. Salute. Cheer. Yeah. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menner. Executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow. Engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.